Hey guys, welcome to the Bits and Pieces Smash Cast. It's April 16th, 2018, and tonight we're talking about movies. We got our beautiful people all in the house. We have Seth and JR. Go, go. And tonight we're going to talk about our favorite movies. We had a little bit of technical issues on my no. end. Not, not, it's me. It's all me this time. <laughs> Um, hey, yeah. hey, it's yo. like a bad relationship. It's all you, Derek. It's hey, like, yo. It's, <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo, I didn't even get an intro. You, you didn't get no intro? I said, said Seth said, and JR. Said Seth oh, and I JR. just heard Seth. No, no. I'm sitting here. I said, yeah, 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 when he said my name. It probably didn't I'm sitting hear. here all put out. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> out in the rain. It's like on Almost Famous when he's like, don't, don't mind me. I'm just the fucking lead singer or whatever when they leave him. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. So first thing we want to figure out, Jr. Do we? Do you see us live on Twitch? I do. Or do we have sound? I'm going to see right now. <laughs> it's like it seems like ever since the uh, you know Sounds we do good. have sound. We do have sound. Sweet. Sweet. So tonight we're talking about our top five favorite movies. So there'll be 15. Probably we're going to have most likely like the video game thing. We probably have the same taste in movies. And I know we do. Um, but hopefully I think we can easily get two hours worth of content on that. Um, I think it will be good out of ranking. You know, since we've yeah. kind of gone to top five, maybe we'll all be a little bit different. And another cool thing, this is the first Smash Cast is Twitch affiliates. Now soon, emotes and cheers and bits will become available. And this is actually pretty exciting. So, uh, Seth, JR, thank you for yes. making this possible. Having fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so before we get started on the actual movies and stuff, what's been going on? You want to give a couple other? We also have our Amazon. You know, we have our affiliate there. What was our other affiliate that we have? Razor? Yeah, we have a Razor. A Razor, Razor affiliate as well as Amazon, which I'll have to produce some uh, links for you guys. Uh, you'll get you'll get exclusive offers, um, usually like 10% off. And uh, if you have Twitch Prime, um, one of the things you can do is once we have a subscribe button, you can always just subscribe with that. For free, so that's also cool. I have an I have an itch that I need scratched. What kind of itch you talking you know, about? It's retro gaming itch. Do you know where maybe locally I could find well, some I'm, retro gaming? Well, I'm glad you asked, Seth, because there's this little place in Ashland, Kentucky. It's called Time Warp Games. You heard of it? No, I pretell I have not, but clue me in. How about you, Jr.? You heard of it? I am familiar with the dance. Well, <laughs> to, so you can, <laughs> this is so is it just a step to the left? Yeah, and then followed by a step to the right. <laughs> oh, it's a jump to the left. Sorry, I've already <laughs> fucked it up. Okay. Oh no, <laughs> we suck again. I'm not as familiar as I thought. But yeah, you can head over there. They have all your retro gaming consoles, games, as well as other cool things like card games, board games, toys, uh, comic books, and whatever you like. And these guys are awesome. 
And also, be sure to check out the guys over at the Goblin Traders. These guys do Magic the Gathering, Warhammer, X-Wing, as well as Dragon Ball. A lot of card games. Um, they're having their one-year anniversary this week, so congratulations to the, those guys. But other than that, um, we will be producing links for Amazon stuff, as well as Razor. Try to get that done this week, and hopefully we can get the bits as well as the subscribe button, all that stuff. Uh, our big goal tonight is I want us to hit 10 new followers tonight. Just 10. And, and or $17,000. Yeah, or, seven, or $17,000. We, we need this jet. It's, it's $17,000. Are you sick of listening to us? Do you want our freaking asses to go away? $17,000 will make that happen. You'll never hear from us again. I just wonder what kind of jet you can buy for $17,000. Nothing you would like to fly in. A remote remote control one. There you go. A really nice replica remote control one. We may be able to strap up a small child to it. But for real, you don't have to give us any money. My voice got really deep. Yeah. <laughs> ladies, 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 and gentlemen, no <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the devil. <laughs> I just made me think of the Garth Brooks devil with Will Ferrell. <laughs> Did you ever see that skit? I don't think so. Oh, jeez. I'll have to introduce <clears throat> it to you later. Derek, Derek, do that and then say, would you fuck me? <laughs> would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> That was, a fat, that was a fat rip on the stream there. Vape yeah. Nation. Vape Nation. Vape Nation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Jesus. Well, I'll tell you guys one thing. What? I've, <clears throat> I've been out of allergy medicine for like a week. <laughs> oh, no. And my eye, my left eye has watered all day. All day? Is it trying to secede from the union? It is. I think so. <laughs> It's the Jefferson I, Davis of eyes. I just want it to stop. <laughs> but I can't take Benadryl or I'll fall asleep. Did I? I got stung. Welcome in, to the podcast. <laughs> I got stung in the back of the head the other day. First by time. By a bee? By a bee. <laughs> and I had to take or Benadryl. By and reality. I, <laughs> well, both. Both. Reality. The bee was just a metaphor. I, th- I think reality. <laughs> Metaphorical bee. <laughs> I think reality hit me about three years ago. <laughs> Long story. <laughs> but anyways, so uh, Tinder updates. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Jr. Jr. Hall's uh, Tinder break. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, went on a date. Oh. Mm-hmm. I had fun. That's just in. He had fun. He I had fun. He had uh, fun. She's, she's really awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> We're going to make this. We need to put this underneath. JR had fun. The terrorist win. America didn't. <laughs> America. I don't, That's like I don't the Fox know. News Tinder update. JR had fun. The terrorist of one. They, they won. They won. <laughs> no, man. Uh, yeah, I had a good time. Uh, these Tinder updates will probably not go go on for much longer because uh, they're getting kind of boring. Well, you know, like says you, says me. Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying this. Our, our our listening audience is loving every bit. Of, every uh, single bit. I'm of sure it. they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, 
It's a girl. She lives up in Charleston. Well, she kind of thinks she lives not in Charleston, but... Well, I would be she, down, but whatever. It's a long haul. Down. Down, you are correct. <laughs> uh, she, uh... She, uh... Works up at the up, up, up in Charleston, and uh, I was gonna be up there Saturday night anyway, and I'd kind of been talking to her, and and we uh, kind of met up there, and we went and went and saw a uh, saw a show. Is she cool? One of the moving pictures? <clears throat> no, uh, <laughs> live music. Wow, wow. Thought you yes. went out for a sarsaparilla <laughs> afterwards. Sarsaparilla. Uh, I can. No. <laughs> I can barely, no, she's she's really cool. Can barely Very do cool. my thing with uh, my same thing. And uh, now it's just a mad dash to see how I'm gonna fuck it all up. You're not gonna fuck it up, Jr. <laughs> Trust me, I'm Thanks, the genius. Fucks up. <laughs> Thanks, Satan. Thanks, Satan. You're welcome. It's Satine. <laughs> Satine. Satine. That sounds like a Dragon Ball character if I ever heard one. Yeah, probably. Oh, man. Mr. Satine. I love Mr. Mr. Satan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm the strongest. (laughs) I'm the strongest and the greatest. I love that guy. Oh, no. Boo. (coughs) Did it hurt you bad, buddy? I love him in Super when I show him. It's like one of my favorite characters. I hated oh, him yeah. first during the Cell Saga and then fell in love with him after that. Yeah, he's just, he's like, he takes a little bit to get used to. He kind of reminds me of um, Barrett from Final Fantasy VII. How? Like, just the way... You should not be reminded of anyone except Mr. T. Well, I, I, I'm not thinking Mr. T because I didn't like... I, I pity I, the boo. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I like how he talks and I could just picture Barrett talking that like that. I can't I can't not hear Mr. T's voice come out of Barrett's mouth. <laughs> Boo Ben his Marlene. Yeah. Alright. Uh so anything else? Uh not in that regard. You you got a show coming up. Uh in May. In May? Yep. Well we need to get this hype chain going, sir. Mm-hmm. So tell us, tell us a little bit about the show, what's going to be going on, and how can um, we get to this show? Uh, it's May 19th. It's at the B-Club in Huntington. Any guests? Any special cool things going to happen that night? New songs? Not really. mm, probably not then. Will you remove clothing? No. No. <sighs> but... Um, we are, we are going back in the studio uh, in June. Sweet. Cool. To record our new record. What number album will this be? Three. Third. Third? Yeah, I, I need to find like the old uh, upbeat thing we had. We did over. What are you talking about? Remember the upbeat there at High University? We oh, I hope that that never never shows itself ever again i want to find it never never ever ever i i've got ever i've got our first show it's it's on youtube i know but that other thing is somehow worse (laughs) yeah but the sound was off really bad like yeah i know i I know i said something to one of the guys who worked with it and 
Um, hey, Jampa, what's up? Jampa? Hello? Welcome to the stream. Welcome to the Smashcast. Oh yeah, we have new no we have new alerts. I don't know if you've seen seen these yet. Hey Jaffa, if you wouldn't care, you should uh you should definitely hit that follow button. We can test out these alerts and you can be our best friend. Yo, it's official Andy Pyro. That What's sounds up, Andy Pyro? That sounds important. That does sound important. It sounds he's got a he's got a purple check mark. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to treat this person with respect. We're having <laughs> we're having our uh, smash cast. We're talking about our top five favorite movies of all time. Um, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> There's like a million people. Awesome, <laughs> Philly. Woohoo! They better be good. Oh no, they're going to be the worst trash ever. <laughs> <laughs> Be prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> Officially disappointed. All right. So who wants to go first? Uh, and you guys can chime He's in. He's actually too. watching us on his channel. Oh, is he? Yeah. Holy. Oh, crap. that sounds weird. I got to see this. It's a raid. <laughs> We've been raided. Can you check? What is happening? Can you check your donation alerts are working? Uh, I should be able to. Uh, I've got donation alerts. What? <laughs> no alerts. No alerts? I had one. <laughs> Can you say Perilla? I, I just saw the cocaine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that one. The other one's really good, too. Can you say uh, Tortilla Tavatan? Tortilla Tavatan? Tortilla Tavatan. I fucking really bru like brutally murdered that. Go. I hope I just said something really fucked up and it's going to show up on some weird YouTube video. So you, you actually like... <laughs> what? Hello? <laughs> hey, guys. Hello, everybody. <laughs> well, welcome Good to... Welcome. So, uh... Oh, my God. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, all you people. Hello. <laughs> Okay, we should probably just start talking about what we came here to talk about. <laughs> uh, damn. Well, <laughs> cook, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll, okay, <laughs> Derek, just start talking about some fucking movies. Okay, okay, okay. Not so, five movies. so I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and start. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and start from number five and number one being the highest. Uh, the fifth will be, but. They're all good. So uh, the first one I want to talk about is uh, There Will Be Blood. Ooh. Yes. All right. I'm down. So I don't know if you guys seen it. I know JR has. Have you seen it, Seth? Yes. Okay. So, so it's got one of my favorite actors yeah. of all time, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. And it's a story of greed. <laughs> Yes. And milkshakes. <laughs> and, and milkshakes. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. <laughs> I love that God movie. damn it's a, it, it. Okay, start talking. It's a, it's a hard movie to watch if you're uninitiated to that style of uh, filmography because it's 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 boring. I was going to say it's really boring. But the thing that draws you in is just watching this character become like... This super, like, evil dickbag. 
like and the music behind it it just kind of crawls in your skin so you that's know. what i wanted to talk about yeah man yeah like, okay so so the movie if you really think about it the like the fucking not that much happens in the movie right yeah nothing really does it's just like <clears throat> the music yeah we have a discord i'll uh so yeah like yeah, link it in the chat. Yeah, I'll go ahead and link you yeah, guys. Yeah, man, not that much happens in the movie, but, like, the fucking the fucking music just makes you uncomfortable for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. It's just, like, fucking, you, you'll be watching this movie, and you're, you're, try, you're waiting for something to happen, right? Yeah, it's just, like, it's this sense of, of dread throughout the whole thing. I don't understand what it is about it, but, man, it just fucking grabs you. And you're just, yeah, man. That that ending though. I'm finished. <laughs> it's just like perfect. It's just like literally, he, it literally ends with him saying, "I'm finished," and just like the conversations he has with the uh, the that preacher. I guess they're twins, right? And aren't there two of them? What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, check my. That's like. Wait. That's never like really. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Uh, okay. They told- well, while you're doing that, I'm gonna keep talking. Uh, Cappuccino, we're talking about "There Will Be Blood," starring Daniel Day Lewis, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. <gasps> Is that right? Oh my god! What's up? Um, you guys did not have to do that. What's what? happening? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god! He's got some... Uh, we, we just. <laughs> oh man! Are you gonna die? Uh, you, gotta... you with us? You with us, yeah, my dude? Yeah, I'm thinking. I think I'm gonna cry. Okay. Let's keep this thing going. Uh, keep it uh, okay, so keep it together. Yeah, <laughs> keep it together. Uh, Come dude. on, dude. Okay, so uh, thank you. Keep it together. Th- my thank dude. you. <laughs> I put my glasses back on. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, there will be blood. There will be blood. Um, we, we got a really good. Don- we got a big donation. And, uh, Make sure you thank thank the people. I, I want to thank you guys. Um, Graciously thank the people. My donation <laughs> alerts does not seem to be working, um, but I, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh damn. <laughs> but okay, okay. So back uh, to the movie. Yeah, back to the movie. We have um, we have this movie. It's starring one of my favorites. Um, my favorite actors of all time. And if you guys get a chance, you need to check out by this guy. It's Daniel Day-Lewis. You need to check out um, <coughs> Gangs of New York. You check out Lincoln. Lincoln. Lincoln? Lincoln. Abe Lincoln. The, the fucking Spielberg one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, dude, I am sh- I'm like shook up right now. I'm just like... <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> check out Daniel Day-Lewis's filmography, and especially check out There Will Be Blood. I- I'm telling you, you'll watch it, and like you're gonna, you probably want to turn it off, 
but just stick with it. Like stick with the whole movie. I don't know. I don't know how anybody can watch the movie and want to turn it off. It's just riveting from start to finish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I can see. At the, least that's the way I felt about it. I, <laughs> I can see like a younger audience, like they'll be watching it and probably not understand what's going on. But you're just watching this guy just go into madness, like with his own greed. And yeah, man. Like the, the just the theme is just greed, and like it to the very end, like and the ending is just perfect. And he shrouds like, it with like love for his son, like he's doing it for a better future of his son, where he really isn't. It's just pure right. about his unbridled greed. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that's what it devolves into because Thank like you, towards the, the middle Thank of the movie, you, you spoiler, have a nice night too, man. <laughs> Thank you so spoiler much. Spoiler alerts for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. Um, <laughs> this what two thousand six, two thousand seven. Uh yeah, I think two thousand yeah, somewhere two thousand seven. I think it was. Yeah. Um, in the middle of the film, there's an explosion at his oil at his oil well, and his son loses his hearing. Uh, and at that point, his son becomes too difficult to deal with, so he just fucking sends him away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's puts him on a fucking train, you know, out of town, man. Well, what he says to him at the end, though, at the end of the movie, like just a thing he says to him, just like, oh my god, why would yeah, you say man. this shit? Like, but but that but the ending, I'm telling you, if you if you guys stick with it. Um, definitely enjoy it that that's my number five and it you know it's hard to put that because that used to be my number one that used to be your number yeah, one that used to be you my saw, number one. you've seen better movies since then <laughs> i have seen, seen four other movies I, i've <laughs> seen movies that i hold in a higher regard but i think it might be more of a nostalgia uh it might not be a better film but it's just something i like more you know okay you know what i mean um uh-huh. But yeah, check out There Will Be Blood, and uh, yeah, if, if guys, um, thank you so much for the um, follows. Um, we're, we're trying to build a really big community here. Um, all three of us, we have a lot of fun, and we'd love to have you guys here as much as possible. <laughs> but, you may not hear something new, but you'll uh, have a good laugh at least. Yeah, we, we try to keep it entertaining. Yeah. yeah, we're dumb as hell. <laughs> so stupid. You're so, so, so stupid. You're so dumb. You're really dumb right now. <laughs> okay. Are you done yeah, with I'm, your number five? Yeah. I'm, yeah. If you want to go next. Should, should I go for one? Go for it. Okay. Number five. Uh, I, I think I really like this movie, and I really like the characters in it, and I think that they're good enough. And I'm talking about the Goonies. The Goonies. No. You want you want to hear something? I've never seen it. Get so out of here! What? Really? Get the never, get the fuck out of here! Yeah, I've never watched the Goonies. Goonies never have, not seen that movie. It's how could you have not seen the Goonies? You know, the funny thing is that I owned the Goonies before I had to sell my Blu-rays, and I never watched it. You never once watched it. Yeah, we just lost like ten people. <laughs> Oh no! It's because you don't. It's because you don't like the fucking Goonies. No, man. it's not yeah. that I don't like you the just, Goonies. They just said, "Screw this guy." Oh, there went the donation back. I pulled it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I can't believe that shit. Oh god. Um, no, no. I mean, I had the movie, and I understand that it's a good movie. I just never watched it. I, I've seen like clips of it, and I know about the Truffle Shuffle. Less, less bacon, more money. You guys still there? Yeah, I'm here. Less. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that means. Sorry. Anyway, 
Anyway, <laughs> Goonies. Uh, and it's just... That movie, like, encapsulates the 80s, I feel like. I mean, I mean we're, we're, we're past the fucking 80s podcast that we did, but... Uh, um, whenever I watch the Goonies, it's it's, like, shot in the same... Using, like, the same filter that I remember everything looking in the 80s. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, you just, it was kind, it's kind of Stranger Things, pre-Stranger Things. Like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, that, I mean that's, Stranger Things has, you know, it gets an influence from it. It's like a... Um, it's like prototypical uh, of that sort of thing. Like, I, like Stranger Things wouldn't be a thing if there wasn't a Goonies. Right. It's kind of like E.T. or something like that. Um, right, right. I know there was a lot of clones of this film. Like, not necessarily clones. Yeah, I mean, there you had, like, the Monster Squad. Mm. And you had, like, uh, which, what's that other one? Um, Drop Dead Fred. Remember that one? That No, that's not anywhere close. No. <laughs> oh. I thought, no, I stayed away from that movie, by the way. I like that movie. So the Goonies uh, is set out. It's set in Oregon, um, which is probably has to do with the reason why I want to move to Oregon one day. <laughs> um, basically, it's about a bunch of kids. They're going to get kicked out of their neighborhood because these developers want to come in and bulldoze everything and make a golf course. So they're they're packing up and stuff. They go up in the attic. Uh, one of the main character, Mikey, his dad is a museum curator, and he uh, has a bunch of stuff from the museum up in their attic. And they go up there and they find a treasure map. And upon finding the treasure map, they decide, well, what if we follow this map and see what happens? So they do. They go to uh, they go to this old janky restaurant looking thing and there's there's these uh, there's this criminal family called the Fratellis who are hiding out there they had just uh, busted one of them out of jail and they were on the lam from the cops mm. um, so they go in find this entrance to this cave that's underneath the restaurant takes them down underground and they have this big underground adventure that leads them to finding uh, a pirate ship full of gold Full of gold. <laughs> what was the monster's name? Sloth. Sloth? Yeah. yeah man. I'm watching a trailer for it now. Uh, who is that? It's, it's like a, one of the child stars from back in the day. Uh, it's, uh, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. And Sean Austin. Aston. So, yeah. Sean Aston. <laughs> Samwise Sam Wise Gamgee. Really? Bob on Stranger Things season two was that his name? Was that his character's name? Was Bob? Was it Bob? Something like that. Bob, Mike, some generic, regular old dude's name. Bob or Mike. Bob, Bob or, Mike. or Mike. Bob or Mike. John Smith. <laughs> John Smith. <laughs> I don't remember what his name was on Stranger Things, but uh, yeah, they they find a find a pirate ship full of gold, and they basically solve all their problems. It's pretty cool. Because nobody, nobody sells their, their land to the guy because they have enough money to pay him off because they have all kinds of treasure. 
So this has kind of got one of those growing up themes and uh, you're better together themes. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a you know it's like a classic adventure movie, ensemble and adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Indiana Jones for kids. Yeah, yeah, with the whole team and the whole Goonies never give up or Goonies never die, whatever they say. Goonies Goonies never say die. Never say die. Yeah. So it's probably one of those and movies I need to immediately watch, right? And it's it, got so much, so many good lines in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got like the part in the the fucking wishing well where they find all the coins, and Corey Feldman's character's name is Mouth in the the movie, but he takes his fucking he takes a fucking quarter out of the thing. And he's like, "Look here, this is my wish. It didn't come true, so I'm taking it back." Okay. I will have to I will have to watch this. Uh, is it on Netflix? It was. I don't believe so. It was. I think they pulled it. It's one of those short time ones. I know, I, like I said, I know it's one of those movies I should have watched a long time ago. Jr. What about the scene? Natalie's always complaining about them cutting out the, the octopus? octopus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, there are versions of it with that scene in it. Mm-hmm. The theatrical version does not have that scene, but at the end, the kids actually talk about it. Yeah, which is one of the the big uh, flubs in the movie. You know, they they cut the octopus fight scene out. But you can plainly hear one of the kids talk about. I think it's, I think it's. Uh, what's what's the kid's name? The Asian kid. Oh, Data. Data. Yeah, he he talks. He's like they tell. He's like we fought with octopus. Yeah, and everybody's like, yeah, sure we did. Data. <laughs> <laughs> that crazy Data guy, octopus, whatever. It's, uh, same kid who was in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, it was Mark Zuckerberg. Have you seen the uh, picture? That... Data meme. Yeah. Where somebody photoshopped him yeah. as data. Yes, it's yes. amazing. Whoever it's very did accurate. that, whoever did that, I'd love to give a firm handshake to. Yeah, <laughs> it was fucking perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good Photoshop. Okay. Anyways, Goonies. It's a great film. Thank you for the follow. Appreciate that. I'm doing, doing really good tonight. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. Seth, it's time. It is time. Oh, man. Movie. I'm having problems with this, with number five. I have, like, the top four, no problem, but number five is just, like... Kind of hard. Yeah, I don't know why. There's so many movies rolling around in my head. I have seen such a plethora of films. I'm trying to think. Oh, oh, no, no. I can... I can... I can do this. All right, number five for me is a little movie, a Disney movie, that I grew up with as a kid that I I just absolutely love. And I know you guys aren't going to have this on your list at all, and you're probably going to make fun of me here. But have you ever seen a little movie called Bed Knobs and Broomsticks? No. Oh, it's been so long. Oh, my gosh. Love that movie. Starring the great Angela Lansbury. So everything it's 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 a kind of i i'd say it's more of a follow-up film it's after like mary poppins which would probably be my number six mary pop i i yeah i just love this i'm sorry i'm kind of a musical guy wait have you ever watched kevin smith on any interviews he kind of loves musicals and he's kind of fit a few into his movies well i love musicals as well and uh bed knobs and broomsticks it is uh 
movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, Disney movie, live action Disney movie. Uh, done in the 60s, 70s? Somewhere in that ballpark. Starring Angela Lansbury. Um, and she plays a uh, lady, Miss Price. Um, Eglantine Price is her name. And it's set in World War II uh, England. So, like, the movie opens up and it's talking about the Nazis possibly invading England and, and this and that. And a colonel, you know, goes by and he's asking uh, which way to the town where Miss Price lives. Uh, an English colonel. And he says, the guy says, can't say so. Ordered to paint the signs if the Nazis show up. Which I love how English people say Nazi. The Nazis. The Nazis. Uh, Nazis. And... Uh, he says, I'm not a Nazi, I'm a British officer. And he's like, that's what you would say if you were a Nazi, isn't it, sir? <laughs> and he's right on. So he goes on to the town. So we're introduced to our, our three kid uh, protagonists of the film who have been evacuated from London, which is what they did at the time. They get all the kids, like the parents would stay in London because of the bombings and everything during World War II. And they'd send the kids out to the countryside where the bombings weren't happening. And this is where this is a little town set out in the English countryside. And um, the three uh, kid characters are there. And uh, the lady who's in charge of, you know, sending the kids to whichever homes they're going to stay at temporarily mm. uh, doesn't know where to place them. And Miss, and then Angela Lansbury, uh, Miss Price, she shows up to get her weekly package that she gets from London. And everybody's always curious, but she kind of keeps to herself, and they're you know curious about the package. And before she goes, the lady who's in charge of placing the children um, send them with her. You know, kind of talk her into sending them with her because you know it's everybody's duty, the war effort. You know, <laughs> so right. she reluctantly takes on the three children, and uh, you know takes them into her home. And you know, like I said, she lives by herself. This older non-married lady and. Uh, they're having a period of adjustment, you know, trying to, you know, adjust to being away from home, being with this lady who one of the like points is like she just eats a bunch of like vegetarian diet almost. And they're <laughs> like, you know, they want bangers and mash, you know, typical London kids, stereotypical London kids. So they but they all they also feel something's kind of off with her because she doesn't talk, you know, keeps to herself and doesn't talk about the packages she gets from London. And they. Uh, like the first night they kind of follow her and she sneaks in and has like a little back workshop on her house and they sneak in and see her opening up a witch's broom. She's actually taking a correspondence course through the mail of uh, witchcraft to be a witch because she thinks if she, uh, she can actually do magic. It's the funny thing. She can do magic and she thinks that her magic would help with the war effort, that she can find a spell to help end the war or do something, her part to end the war. Right. And, you know, stop all the senseless murdering. So she rides the broom, but she, she's a witch, but she's not a very good witch. It's kind of the joke with it, too. You know, she kind of flubs up. And they watch her crash riding the broom the first time. And then they uh, comes to the next morning. They have a few quips back and forth. And they blackmail her into, you know, taking them on, like, an adventure or doing something. Uh, because you know, for her to cast a spell for them, uh, so they don't tell everybody that she's a witch, and they end up casting this. She ends up casting this spell. They take a bed knob off uh, off of the the bed the kids are staying in, 
and she casts a spell on it that will allow them to go anywhere in the world they want to using this. You just corner turn to the left and tap it three times and you say your destination and the bed will take you wherever you want to go. So they're you know, they're getting wanting to do an adventure or whatever, go somewhere go somewhere exotic and uh she gets a letter in the mail that all of a sudden her correspondence witchcraft course has ended and there won't be any more lessons so she's all distraught about that so she asked them if they could use the bed knob to go to london to find uh oh shoot i can't remember the actor's name but he played mr banks on mary poppins so if you've seen mary poppins that gentleman who was in all the disney movies and yeah. like live action musicals i can't remember his name off the top of my head they uh find you know that that's who they're looking for so she talks to the kids and she's like we'll go on whatever adventure you want to let's go find this professor so i can find out get my last lesson because it was she was actually just one lesson away from finishing the course and being a proper witch right so they go to london they find him uh professor brown is his character's name uh they find him and they find out he's just a fraud you know he's just kind of like a does poor magic like tricks on the side to earn money in london and they confront him about it and he says well he said i just made up all this stuff he said i found this old book which actually was a sorcerer the sorcerer azeroth's book and he was just sending the spells out to people you know whoever would send him money in the mail for this correspondence course uh, but then she sh- demonstrates to him. She actually turns him into a rabbit and demonstrates, hey, the magic's real. I can actually do it. And he's like, well, I couldn't do it. So I just thought it was a bunch of horse, w- <laughs> you know, horse wash. And, uh, but the part of the, that keeps the adventure going is the last page of the book is missing. So they end up finding... Uh, he they go they go into London and this whole big musical number on this like uh, Portobello Road, which is where they have all like the shopping and everything. And they find the gentleman who has the other half of the book or you know the last page of the book or whatever. And it tells them that the magic the last like incantation they need uh, is on this star Azeroth star. And they end up going, and this is what makes this movie really cool, um, is it matched like, you know, Mary Poppins, how the scene where Bert's, you know, Dick Van Dyke's character on Mary Poppins dancing with the penguins. Well, that's what ends up here. They go to this island of talking animals, and they're all cartoons. So here they are, you know, it was Disney showing their chops, as always, as being in the forefront in movies and everything, having humans back then on a green screen with cartoon characters interacting and everything. And they end up getting the star and getting the magical in incantation that off of it. And, you know, they go back to Miss Price's house back in the country and have a nice meal. And then she, and during this time, professor Brown kind of gotten a little bit serious, but then he's scared by that. And she's a little scared by it. So he ends up going to leave. And during that, uh, the Nazis show up and this little town was like their point of entry of coming to scout this Nazi group in a, in a submarine coming to scout where they could come into England and, and, you know, invade England. And they end up, she uses the spell, which is uh Traguna McCoytis Tricorum Satisti. And she raises, they have like a museum in that little town of old war armor. And she raises an army of humanless, you know, empty, 
armor and they fight and this funny battle ensues and they fight off the Nazis. Actually I have that point in the background here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you? Okay, I wasn't I was looking at something else, so yeah, there you go. And that is it's so fun. It's one of those good, clean, fun movies. You'll laugh at it. I mean, there's no cussing in it or anything. As you see the Nazi guy on the legs of the <laughs> armor and it's walking, he's like, What? And he's all speaking in German and they're all like <laughs> you know. I think, the whole back yeah. and forth, and they, and they fight off the Nazis, and, and they stop it. They stop the Brit invasion of England using witchcraft. I find it leading a army of you know manless <laughs> armor. I find it funny that they was trying to shoot her down with the MG forty two. Yeah, it's like she's got she's got. You know what's but, uh... but there's like the one scene there, like they shoot the armor up, and the the armor like spits the bullets back at the Nazi guy, and then they like blow up the one piece armor it reassembles all wrong and then takes like its leg and smacks the nazi over the head it's just it's just a fun movie i watched this movie i had a tape when i was a kid i had this on it and i forget what other movie was but then i had another triple tape that was mary poppins willy wonka and the chocolate factory and short circuit all, all on there so but this is one of my favorite movies of all time this is my number five movie mary poppins being very close to being five with it but if you haven't seen this movie, give it a shot. You and your kids can watch it. It's family friendly, of course. It's Disney, and it's just Disney at the top. Back in the you know the sixties, seventies, when they were making live action movies like this and Blackbeard and Mary Poppins, it's just them at the top being the best at what they do, and especially being ahead of the times for the scenes they do with animated characters and the human characters, where there's an underwater scene where they're underwater swimming and singing with fish to mm. where they're playing a soccer game with the king who's a lion and all the animals that's just hilarious so my number five movie bed knobs and broomsticks you know what i think is interesting this the story of this movie kind of starts very similarly to the lion the witch and the wardrobe somewhat yeah you got three kids who are displaced in in england uh by the uh you know the Nazi raids, mm-hmm. air raids, mm-hmm. who find themselves on a fantastic adventure. Out in the country. <laughs> you know, starting yeah. from an old house or somewhere out in the country. English countryside. Like, one day I'd like to go to England and find these movie locations and actually visit. That would be super fun. Right. Plus, it's just beautiful countryside in England. Do you know that it was actually filmed there? I assume it could not be. It was Disney. They could have filmed it in friggin' Burbank, you know, for all I know. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually it's, ever looked into it. I bet they did film it in, in like... <sighs> it probably was Disney. You know, he was going to do it as cost-efficient as possible. And they were good well, at rebuilding all whole scenes, like Mary Poppins, that whole... Well, I know. mean, if, if you really think about it, uh, a lot of stuff used to be shot over in, in England. Star Wars. Back then, Star Wars. Yeah, but I mean, there's like a lot of a lot of things that were being shot over there. Hey, well, they had like a. Hey, what's up there, Neat Griffin sixty two, and thank you for the hosting. Uh, hi, my name is Stu ninety five. Definitely appreciate it. How are you guys doing? Yeah, welcome. Got an avid follower. Sweet. You sure can. You do you have a channel? Uh, you want us? Um, if you, if you guys get a chance. Check out uh, Needed Griffin sixty two. Uh, he's uh says he's been an avid uh, viewer, so I definitely appreciate him being here. So if you guys get a chance, uh, go to his channel and you know, he just said nah. Yeah, sharing some love. 
He's sharing some love. <laughs> Share some love back. There's a little love for everybody. You can eat it, Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so we we move into. <laughs> He's like got it. Number four. Number four. So number four. This one's kind of. It. I. <sighs> He said, I'm not serious in the slightest. Well, just in case you are, you know. (laughs) But anyways, uh, Anchorman. That's my number four. Anchorman? Yeah, it's hard to really, like, (laughs) the first Anchorman, not the second one. Well, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I like the second one, but, eh, you know, the first one was, it's a classic. The first one had the newness of the characters. The second one was just more of the same. Side bucket nine eight. Well, I think, I think that the second one was more. Uh, what is the point of this? Uh, we live stream the recording of our po- our weekly podcast. That's yeah, that's about it. Yeah, tonight we're doing uh, the top five uh, movies each of us like. You guys can feel free to you know if there's some movies you like in here you want to join the conversation. Feel free. We we enjoy you guys coming in. Um, yeah, but Anchorman the first one. Yeah, I seen it when I was in, I think I was in high school when I first seen it. And I just thought it was a weird movie. And, like, I, I could watch that movie. Uh, there, there's a couple movies I can watch, uh, like, every day. I can watch them every day, like, and not get tired of them. And one of them's my number one. And my number one's kind of weird. But Anchorman's just like, I, you know, I can, I can hear the jokes, like, a thousand times and they don't get old and just the characters are just hilarious uh brian fantana i was talking to my brother about that earlier was like there's a part in the movie where he's uh standing outside of this uh panda bear pit (laughs) you should write for a publication (laughs) uh i'm not that good my grammar sucks plus my plus you know (laughs) this is amazing um, me, me senses some sarcasm. Sarcasm? Thick. It's like, you guys suck. Thick. It's like, you guys suck. <laughs> but anyways, uh, no, I, I, like, it's a good movie. Just like some of the scenes, like, when he's like, tell San Francisco, he's like, uh, fuck you, San Francisco. <laughs> and everybody, like, freaks out. <laughs> so I'd never say fuck. I fucking wouldn't say fuck. And, I don't know, I love this. My favorite part of the movie is the big fight scene. Yeah. And then when it, you know, when it's over, it's like, wow, that escalated quickly. Just some of the lines and the way they deliver. <laughs> Working on it, dude. Working on it, knee driven. I'm trying to. <laughs> Working on it. My fat. Derek, would you say that the jokes are funny? That 60% of the time that they're funny every time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say that. 60% of the time, every time. His, <laughs> when he puts on that black, the, the uh, panther, sex panther, and, like, yeah. he goes outside, and it's like, it smells like Bigfoot's dick! It's like, this is the most off-filter, like, comment. So, I think, I think, I, I kind of know what you're, you're feeling on Anchorman 2. What I feel like they did there is they just kind of took everything and pushed the push the absurdity as far as they possibly could yeah like it's enjoyable like i can sit there and watch it it's not that bad it's just not anchorman yeah yeah i mean some of the jokes are kind of forced 
and it just seems like in the first Anchorman, it was more organic because you know a majority of those probably just improvised and you had will ferrell at the top of his game at that point you know just getting off uh, snl and you know, had things like Step Brothers, and like he was the big thing like at every movie Step Brothers was still a ways off yeah we play video games we play all kinds of video games actually um our weekly uh streams we do fortnite overwatch and uh other games, stuff like that, but we we definitely play for sure. Mainly Fortnite and Overwatch yeah, right now. Yeah, we're basic bitches. Thanks for the follow, by the way, Stu. Yeah, we appreciate you guys being here. But what, what was you saying, Jr.? What was I saying? Uh, Anchorman Two. Number two, oh. pushing the absurdity <laughs> level. That's what I feel like the whole point of the movie was 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 just I, I don't even. I almost get the sense that they didn't actually want to make it, but they it came to the point to where they did, and they were just like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna fuck this shit up. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna push this as far as it can possibly be pushed, as far as the level of, of absurdity. I still had a good laugh from it, though. Yeah, I think I went. I actually went and seen it with you guys, and I like cackled like a fucking hyena. Well, I think I think the movie actually could have been good if they would have not. Uh, not tried to make it so absurd. Yeah. I thought the point of the movie was actually entertaining how, you know, the rise of the 24 hour news network and how it, uh, how, you know, how they create news basically instead of report news. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a message hidden in there somewhere. They call it the chicken of the caves, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you guys haven't seen, uh, Anchorman, it's probably one of the, like, the first one. It's probably one of the most perfect comedy. It's, it's nearly perfect. Like, I, I can't say there's one wrong thing about it, especially the unrated version. Uh, number two, like, I could pick it apart, pick it to pieces. There's some good stuff in it, but the first one is one of those movies I can watch every single day. And uh, I can quote that movie. It's easily quotable. Like, Back then, it's like you had all these movies that had, it was like super quotable, like Anchorman, Napoleon Dynamite, stuff like that, and that was one of the uh, one of them. You always heard like people in uh, high school they'll be making saying stuff about Anchorman, and they'll say a line from that or Napoleon Dynamite or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to move on. Move on. Move on. Jr. Number four. Number four. Hot fuzz. Hot fuzz? <laughs> oh, Hot fuzz. damn. That's another one of those movies that I can watch over and over again, it seems like. The movie's fucking great. In fact, whenever it first... Well, it was not when it first came out on DVD, but the, when the big special edition one came out, mm-hmm. I, I went and bought it, and I probably watched it every day for... I don't know how long. I just would come home from work. It would be late at night because I worked evenings. And I was just, it was in the DVD player, and I didn't feel like taking it out, so I just turned it on and watched it. So here's a question. Is it your favorite of the uh, Cornetto, uh, is it Cornetto Trilogy? Cornetto Trilogy. Is that your favorite one? I think it is. I think so? I like all three of the movies really well, but I think that one is my favorite. It does have the hound in it. It does? Yep. Yarp guy. Um... Yarp. Yarp. Which I always thought that was hilarious when I first watched Game of Thrones and he was 
he was that guy, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> we kind of talked about him a little bit in the last uh, stream, I believe. Oh, did you? Yeah. He's like... Was it in, re in regards to eating chickens? <laughs> no, it's in regards to him using the word cunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like the best. You cunt. Let me do a little, see if I can do yeah. a Satan. I wonder what Satan sounds like. Anyways, while you're preparing that. Cunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we really needed. Yep. <laughs> we really needed that. Okay. Hot Fuzz. It's the the middle movie of the Cornetto trilogy. And if you don't know what why it's called the Cornetto trilogy, it's because in all three of the films, the uh, there there is a, a appearance of a Cornetto ice cream treat, which is it's it's a brand of ice cream treat. It's kind of like a what do they call them here drumsticks. Yeah, it's kind of like a drumstick that we have here, but they're called Cornettos over in the UK, and each movie has them in it. So they just called it the Cornetto trilogy. Cornetto. These are all. These are three movies done by uh, uh, sh Edgar Wright. Yep. Um, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and mm. uh, some other people. Mainly Simon and Nick. Mainly Simon and Nick. There is more of an ensemble cast in The World's End if you think about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Day of the Dead, not Shaun of the Shaun of the Dead, had a pretty cool moment uh, when he meets up with uh, the chick from space, his uh, roommate. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a nice little Easter egg. Um, what I always thought was funny is like uh, I didn't really notice till a lot later is that uh, when it, that scene you're talking about where they meet up and there's like, uh, like a analog for every one of the, of Shaun's party and her party. Mm -hmm. The one who is the her version of Ed is played by Matt Lucas, who's a great British comedian. I don't think I've seen him. Oh. He's a. It was from a TV show called Little Britain. Little Britain. Yeah. I I watched a video. Apparently, they made a video game for Little Britain. They did. It was awful. <laughs> Matt but Lucas uh, is also uh, Nardal here on the current seasons of doctor who for all my whovians out there yes that's true he's in, he's on doctor who lately mm -hmm. um, he's great but um back to hot fuzz uh it was basically edgar wright wanted to do a buddy cop movie and he did it in his classic over the top style um and he wanted to involve as many uh big name british actors as he could and he got just about everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, him, mm -hmm. James Bond, and so you got you got Timothy Dalton. You know the 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 scene that that Derek has up right now. You got Martin Freeman uh, before he got big from doing The Hobbit. Wait a minute, was Martin Freeman in Shaun of the Dead? Yes. No. No. The Hobbit now also. Oh being... no! Yeah, he was. He was. He was. Uh, he was the uh, that girl, the space girl's boyfriend. Oh really? Yeah. He didn't have any lines. He was just there. So I have to watch it again because I I didn't notice him and I've noticed him in the rest of the trilogy, but he is in all three films. 
He did take off, man. He took off like big time, didn't he? Yep. Now he's in uh, the Marvel universe. It's a Tolkien universe. He's everywhere, man. Oh well, he was big before before the Hobbit. He was, you know, playing Watson on the BBC Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen that, I highly recommend that show. If you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, it's probably the greatest version of Holmes ever done, besides the actual books. You see here is the, the clip that Derek is playing. Uh, Steve Coogan is on there now. Mm-hmm. The, the movie basically is a who's who of British actors. Yes. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a buddy cop movie. Um, Nicholas Angel, he's uh, he's a top officer. He He's the best person in the Metro- Metropolitan Police, the London Police, basically. Look at his R's. Um, in fact, he's so good that he makes everybody else look bad, so they send him out to the countryside. <laughs> yeah, he's like over-the-top cop. Yeah, over-the-top. Yeah, he just like takes everything to 11. Uh, so good at his job that they that they have to send him away so that you know everybody else can fucking keep up. He's basically Frank Castle. Fucking... Yeah, basically. <laughs> British Frank Castle. Just Davy Jones. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah. Not the science guy. Not that one. Is it Nye or Nighy? I think it's Nye. Nye. Pick one. Nighy? That's how I always said it. Nighy? I don't know. Yeah. Vincent from uh, Underworld. Yes. Um, which, uh, I love that guy. He's great. <laughs> he's got his own acting style. Yeah. He, he kind of sets up, he's got his own, like... He can be intense in the, like, a scene that's not intense, but he might be doing, like, a comedy bit, like, but he's intense about it. <laughs> he he was, he guest starred on an episode back to Doctor Who, where he was, like, the curator of a museum. Yeah. And, the uh, Van, Van Gogh episode. Oh, that's such a good episode. It especially is. for a fan of the 11th, Matt Smith is my doctor. Anywho, oh. yeah, that I episode... Get, I, uh... I get me some tears on that episode. Everybody does, dude. That is such a well-written where they, if anybody's never seen Vincent and the Doctor, that episode, go watch it. Basically, the Doctor brings Vincent Van Gogh, who's on the edge of going nuts, you know, and ending his life, uh, brings him to the future to show him how everybody loves his artwork. And they basically give him, like, his one moment of happiness in his life is by showing him that. It was, it was awesome. Great episode, Doctor Who. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's so. Um, uh, but yeah, back to Hot Fuzz. Uh, they send him off to the countryside, and uh, you know, there's all the, all these peculiar people who live out there in Sanford, the the town of Sanford, and the the town that's won Village of the Year for however many years. And uh, basically, they want to keep everything perfect there. You gotta everything. Go ahead. You gotta love the uh, cinematography, though. That's Edgar Wright's style. It's it's awesome. It's it's very him. Like if you uh, if you like anything you watch of his, that's just how he shoots. Like even Space is shot like. That. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got these quick shots. Apparently, um, yeah. he has a new one out. It's called Baby Driver. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it either. He got a lot of nods for the Oscars. I don't know if he got anything out of it, but Hot Fuzz is insanely good. 
But uh, he, uh, Nick, Nicholas Angel goes out to the countryside and he starts working out there. And he starts shaking things up. And then people start dying. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just a series of deaths that he believes are, are murders. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's trying to uncover this, this big conspiracy. And uh, it seems like every turn he's getting thwarted, people just think it's an accident or, you know, just terrible things happening. And uh, he, he, he goes on <clears throat> to, to come up with this great big plot about how uh, some, a woman's trying to sell her land and then the big grocery store is going to come in and close the little supermarket. And, uh, and uh, he, he reveals this to the people who are actually doing the murders. And it turns out that the people were actually killing everyone for the most petty reasons ever. <laughs> and it's just great. What's the thing they always say? It's like, it's the greater, the good. greater good. It's all the greater good. We'll be up to our balls in crusty jugglers. <laughs> <laughs> Take me in. I'm a slasher of prices. <laughs> That movie has a bunch of quotable lines too. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that whole trilogy. I don't care what anybody says. I think it World's End was pretty good too. Some people didn't care for it, but really, I love it, that movie. I like it. It's it's good. But uh, you always have things that uh, that always come up in those movies, and one the one thing is always the fence scene. The fence. Oh yes. Yeah. You always have the fence scene. And in this one, it's uh, you know it's over the top. He's like doing fucking backflips over it and shit. So you always have the pubs. Always the pubs. Always the fence. Always a cornetto. <laughs> I like they go into the uh, uh, Walter Frey's uh, um, armory. Oh, <laughs> jump! What do you say? I would got. Yeah, he's like hitting that mine and every, they just start running and it doesn't explode. It's fucking awesome. But yeah, Hot Fuzz, that's my number four. I love that movie. I could watch it right now. Good I, pick. It's, good a, it's pick. a good pick. Alright, moving on. Moving on to me? Yeah. Yep. Alright, number four for me is part of a saga. Um, I guess I'm going to include the whole saga uh, or the trilogy as my number four because I can't just watch one out of order uh, and that's going to be the Back to the Future trilogy uh, gotta go back in time do 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 <laughs> gotta go back such good Huey Lewis Huey Lewis which uh, we actually, we I feel sorry didn't the they just say today. that he's got Alzheimer's or something like he cancelled all his uh, I don't think it was Alzheimer's. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, he did just cancel. Yeah, he did just cancel all of his tour dates because of that. Yeah, yeah. So I hate that. I always liked Huey Lewis, the kid of the '80s, growing up. Oh yeah, I actually have uh, sports on vinyl. <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, Back to the Future saga. If I had to pick one as my favorite out of all three, it'd probably be number two. I used to watch two a lot, but if I'm going to watch Back to the Future, it's going to be an afternoon, and it's going to be all three movies in order. Yeah. Uh, anybody who's not familiar, I don't know how you couldn't be, especially with Ready Player One out right now, and the main character's <laughs> ride of choice is the DeLorean, pimped out with some Knight Rider and Ghostbusters 
uh, add-ons, but... You, you mean the Ecto-88? <laughs> yes. Such an awesome ride. Yeah. He has the flying DeLorean, too, doesn't he? He doesn't go, like... Does his fly? In the book, it does. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. But anywho, so uh, anybody who doesn't know about these movies, I don't know how you couldn't, but uh, the premise of the movie is uh, Michael J. Fox plays Marty McFly, your uh, average high school kid, you know, girlfriend, wanting to be in a rock band, normal stuff of the 80s, who's, uh, for all intents and purposes, his best friend, you know, outside of his girlfriend, Jennifer, is the... uh, Towns inventor, resident nut job to a bunch of people's Doc Brown, played by the always awesome Christopher Lloyd. Mm, yeah. Uh, and the premise is uh, Marty, you know, Doc leaves him a message. He wakes up in the morning at Doc's place, overslept, and is getting ready, you know, running late for school. But Doc had called him, was what woke him up. Uh, Doc called him and told him to meet him in the park mall parking lot that night that he he'd finally made this big breakthrough with an invention so marty ends up meeting doc in the parking lot and doc shows him that he has taken a delorean (laughs) one of the most famous cars from the 1980s uh that he used it and made a time machine out of it uh and he shows you know they put the dog in the time machine and he shows how the dog came back you know came jumped ahead exactly where he needed to be and then how the uh, uh, time hadn't changed at all on that watch that was with the dog you know the dog took off and he was instantly a minute ahead and they moved a minute ahead in time but you know the dog hadn't at all so he showed the time machine and he he said what's this thing run off of doc and he says uh, plutonium and he ended up if you in the beginning there was like a news report about these Libyans <laughs> stealing plutonium so and Doc had swindled this plutonium from these uh, Libyan terrorists. Well, they end up showing they end up showing up, and for what we think, killing Doc. And Marty's trying to get away from him, and the quickest way to get away from him is to jump in the DeLorean. Which Marty forgets uh, that when it hits eighty-eight miles per hour, the time circuits will kick in, and he will transport to the point in time where it happens. So, it accidentally gets knocked into. Uh, what October fifteenth, nineteen fifty-five, something like that. I think so. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that, close to. Because they go to October fifteenth, two thousand and fifteen, in the second one, but uh, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, everybody out there. Uh, I think so. Anywho, he gets taken back in time, and he finds he runs into his parents accidentally. <laughs> And that causes his parents to not to miss their initial meetup that got them together. And he finds out that this is going to erase his existence since his parents never got together. So he his his the whole plot is him trying to get his parents back together. While also he, the accident that caused his parents not to meet is he saved his uh, mother from getting hit by a car beside, instead of his dad and she ends up falling in love with him which is a whole crazy thing that his mom falls in love with it's him. Like a... so so marty doesn't know anybody doesn't know what to do he's not the genius here so the only thing he can do is find doc brown doc's past self show them show him proof of the time machine and hope doc can get the time machine running to get him back to the future uh, it's like reverse oedipus complex so, 
yeah, so that that's the whole, that's the whole premise of the first movie is you know, get your parents to fall in love, un, get my mom to unfall in love with me, get her to fall in love with my dad, give my dad. Which in doing so, uh, Marty actually makes his dad a better person. He actually gets him to stand up to the town bully, and you know wins his mom's heart. Marty saves his existence. Gets back in the time machine. They have the whole big scene at the end where the lightning strikes the clock tower because Marty's from the future, so he knows the exact moment when the lightning's going to strike the clock tower to make the magical 1.21 gigawatts of power that is needed for the time machine to get him back to the future. He does that, gets to the point. He he goes back back in time a little early trying to keep Doc from getting killed. Doesn't happen. But when Marty was in the past, he wrote Doc a letter that he said he wasn't going to read, and he did, and Doc was prepared, had a uh, bulletproof vest on, and is alive. So, movie uh, comes back, Marty comes back, and his life's marginally better, his parents aren't losers, his dad's actually a successful author, and they have money, he has his dream truck he was talking about in the first movie, He's getting ready to go on this trip with Jennifer's girlfriend, and then Doc shows up from the future in a crazy-looking suit with a DeLorean. And says, "We got to go do something about your kids in the future." And they it's your ta- kids, Marty. <laughs> it's your kid. What's wrong, Doc? Do we grow up to be assholes or something? And he, that that perfect pause. Doc stops and thinks about. It. He's like, "No, no, no! It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids." And then the famous line, the DeLorean. He's like, "Doc, we don't have enough road to get up to eight miles per hour." <laughs> Roads. We don't need roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. And then the DeLorean, you see the DeLorean's wheels fold down and it takes off in the air. And you're like, what the heck? And then it's like, to be continued. <laughs> Forward on to the next movie, Back to the Future 2. So they go to the future to save uh, Marty and Jennifer's son from getting arrested for being talked in the crime because he's kind of just a tag-along follower loser. They do that, but in during that, Marty buys a almanac of sports uh, and uh, you know sports scores and you know outcomes of games for the past like fifty years. And the big bad guy, the bully from the first movie, who was in the past, is now an old man. And uh, Biff, Biff is the bully there, and he finds sees that that it's not. Uh, young Marty, you know, the kid. It's actually Marty that he knew from the past. Young, young, actual Marty McFly, not his son. And that he and Doc Brown are there in the time machine. Biff takes the almanac time machine, goes back in time, gives his younger self back in 1955 the almanac, and tells him to build up an empire. So when Marty and Doc try to go back in time to 1985, it is a, like, dystopian 85 that Biff is powerful and rich and has murdered Marty's dad and forced his mom to marry him. So they got to go back and further in time, back to 1955, get all meta, keep from uh, running into himself from the past, who's now in the past as well, trying to do the events of the first movie, while they try to get the almanac back from Biff so Biff can't make the alternate 1985 which they do successfully, but after they get the almanac and burn it and everything, they assume goes back to the correct 1985. Uh, the lightning storm that sent the, helped send Marty back into the future in the first movie accidentally hits the DeLorean and sends Doc and uh, Einstein, the dog, his dog, back into 1885, even farther in the past, trapping Marty in the past in 1955. 
which ends with a guy sending him a letter, which is from Doc in 1885, telling him he's okay and where he hid the time machine. So the 1955 Doc can once again help 1985 Marty get back to the future. Third movie. Marty decides that's not happening. I got to go save Doc because he finds while they're getting the time machine, there's a cemetery right by where the time machine's buried, and he stumbles across Doc's grave that he was murdered, uh, shot dead in the back over a horseshoe dispute with, uh, who was that, Mad Dog Tannen, uh, Biff's ancestor. Nobody calls me Mad Dog. I hate that name. <laughs> I hate that name. Manure. I hate manure. <laughs> Anyway, so then Marty has to jump. He decides to not listen to Doc's warning, jumps in the time machine with 1955 Doc, who helps him go back to the past to 1885 to get 1985 Doc. Stuff ensues. They have to rebuild the time machine, trying to get back, whole thing. Marty gets back to the future. Doc gets still trapped in 1885, but then the third movie ends. Doc shows up on a... Uh, he turned the train that they used to... Uh, send the time machine back to 1985 from 1885 he turns up and Doc's turned the train into another time machine and he's now married and has two kids and all is well and it takes you know the movie ends with the train lifting off like the DeLorean does off the tracks this old steam powered train that's now a time machine and Doc and his family going on adventures while Marty stays and starts making his life in uh, 1985 so it's a lot of great set of movies absolutely love them there's a lot of people doesn't seem to like uh number five you mean number three yeah yeah number three i'm so sorry i I had far cry five pulled up (laughs) but yeah i'm one of them i don't really care for back of the future three i like three i I think it's one of those um it it's good it's it's a decent closing for the trilogy I always wanted more, like especially with the train showing up, which they do kind of give you. There is an animated series. Uh, I have that as well, where Doc comes back with his family, and he and Marty and Doc's family keep going on adventures with both time machines. So. Right. Even though in the third movie, they the time machine's destroyed. The DeLorean gets, you know, he comes back on train tracks and it gets wrecked. But that's what Doc wanted him to do because during all this, Doc realized how dangerous the time machine is. And, you know, from what happened to them with the alternate 1985 timeline, that it just, as soon as they get everything fixed, he was going to come back and destroy it anyway. So, yeah. Great movies. Super fun. Tons of quotes from that. Made, made, Made Michael J. Fox from a teen star on TV to a super movie star. Also catapulted Christopher Lloyd's, you know, if you're thinking those two characters, those two people, if you think nothing else in their filmography, it's the Back to the Future trilogy for those two actors. So, uh, funny thing, we were actually talking about Back to the Future at work today. (laughs) Oh, yeah? About how uh, Michael J. Fox was kind of an 11th hour addition to the cast. Yeah, who was supposed to be it? Um... I, they said his name this morning, but I can't remember what they said. Oh, it was another film star during the time. They even filmed some filmed some scenes with him. They started yeah, with they him, and he wasn't jiving. He wasn't jiving at all, and they fired him but and the, got Michael J. Fox. The story goes, uh, this is a story uh, told by uh, the guy who played Biff. Um, the guy who played Biff, uh, this was like his first big movie. Eric Stoltz was originally Eric, Marty. Yeah, Eric Stoltz was originally Marty, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who played Biff 
he, this was his first movie, so he was he was trying to keep his head down and just like you know be cool to everybody. And uh, you know he was just trying to you know make everybody happy because he wanted everything to go good for this movie. So uh, he he recalls getting called in by the producers one day, and and he was just like, oh shit, I'm getting fired. This movie's not going good. It's my fault. It's just when they're shooting with Eric Stoltz. Mm. And, you know, things weren't jiving, like Seth said. And he's like, I'm going to get fired. This is all my fault. I just need to go in. I need to be cool. just need to listen to what they say. I need to, when they fire me, I'll just take it with class. I won't cry. I won't yell. They bring him in. They sit him down. And they said, we're firing Eric Stoltz. And the guy who plays Biff said that he just goes, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, damn. Like, we're firing Eric Stoltz and we're bringing in this Michael J. Fox kid. Thomas F. Wilson, by the way, for Biff. Okay, Thomas F. Wilson, okay. Yeah. Uh, there's like, <laughs> we're bringing in this, this Michael J. Fox kid to, and we're going to be shooting with him. So they had to reshoot the whole beginning of the film because they'd already shot decent, what, almost a month's worth of footage with him? Yeah, with Stoltz? yeah. So apparently what, uh, what they said was... Um, the punch whenever Marty punches Biff is actually in the film still Eric Stoltz. Really? Yeah. Huh. See, originally Marty, what Michael J. Fox was originally supposed to be him, but there was a filming mess up with family ties that Michael J. Fox was in. So he had to turn the role down and then they got Stoltz and it wasn't working so hard that they're like, we'll wait on you, Michael. And they waited on him. And redid it all. Just, you yeah, know, it's, an, it's another one. It was like when we talked about Ghostbusters, you know, it's one of those you know, meant happy to be accidents. Happy accidents. Yeah. It's kind of what happened uh, on Harry Potter. Uh, that some kid was supposed to be Harry and it didn't happen. You know, who was, it was who the first choice for Doc originally was. Mm-mm. Who? John Lithgow. John Lithgow. You know, that wouldn't have even been bad. It wouldn't have, but man, do I love Christopher Lloyd. I do too, but I still think that, that uh, you know, now that you mentioned that, I think John Lithgow would have been a decent choice. John's still like, like if they ever redid it, I'd like to see him, like, you know, if they could recast or something, do, like, see what it would be like. Like, get Eric Stoltz and John Lithgow <laughs> to redo, like, at least <laughs> one movie. Or, like, some scenes just to see what it would be like, just for fun. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we also have... Uh, back to the Future to think for Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giant Back to the Future parody in a sense. I never really thought about well, it. Well, it stemmed from a from a cartoon that Justin Roiland made called Doc and Marty. Mm-hmm. Which was a parody of uh, Back to the Future. And uh, the, the famous Rick voice was originally his version of Doc's voice. <laughs> yeah. So it's safe to say Mr. Royland is a fan of the movies as well. Yeah, yeah, he is for sure. Well, we are an hour and 20. We better move along. Number three, Yeah, Derek. I don't know if we're going to get through this. Yeah. We better make these ones quick. This will be a part. Yeah. Probably have a turn us to a part. I guess we two. don't need to rehash everything. Nah. <laughs> Let's just say love yeah. it and why. So uh, I'm next, right? Yeah. Uh, so the next one for me, um, this is actually... This is a really good movie, um, and I love it a lot. 
but uh, the first backdoor sluts nine, yeah, yeah. backdoor sluts nine, the all Greasy anal <laughs> grease. <laughs> Oh man! Grease lightning. Grease lightning. lightning. There you go. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I was going to go on the lines of uh, I I don't want to put them in as a saga, but I'm going to count them as the whole trilogy. But I want to do the whole thing. But it's the Tolkien Tolkien universe, which is like the, all the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. I'm going, you can just say the saga, yeah, Tolkien saga. I'm going to include that. Um, they're all enjoyable. The prequels. They're not as nearly as bad as people let them out to be, especially if you get the extended versions. I think the second one's what people had the second Hobbit because of the barrel scene, like that. That was like the Crystal Skull Monkey scene. Yeah, you know. Yeah. For I mean, well, I mean, the barrel scene does happen in the book. It's it's goofy, like it's I, not so it's not so action packed. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about the barrel scene is that there were pieces that looked like it was shot with a GoPro. Yeah, yeah. Well, the bad thing was like whenever they released it in theaters, they had this is like a high frame. It's called HFR, uh, so it was like a high frame rate. It's like forty eight frames per second. They shot it in, and it looked weird. And you can tell if you went in theaters and you've seen it, like it's it's off putting. But uh, the only problems I have with the Hobbit trilogy is just the use of CGI. Like, there's a lot of practical effects in the original trilogy, but there was also a lot of CGI. But this one, like, the orcs and the goblins and everything, um, they didn't feel real to me. Uh, I, I'm there with you. It's just like, you know, you had Orkai and all the other ones in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and they were physical uh, beasts. And they were scary, uh, for the most part. That's... What I'm going to say about it is I, th- I really think that why why the effects were so jarring in the Hobbit movies is because of just how fucking good they were in the other mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. The, how good the practical effects were. You can tell the love in those movies, and that's what I think really made them... Are you getting me? There, that really made them get uh, transferred, you know, that everybody fell in love with it. You could tell the love that... Uh, Peter Jackson had for the source material, you know, and they did the best they can because that that stuff, if you ever look into that universe, that is just mind-boggling. I mean, there's a friggin' encyclopedia to explain it all (laughs) that's about as thick as the books themselves because Tolkien built a whole universe in languages. He actually created languages for it. Uh, but man, those those are some fun th- films, and just how gorgeous they are being shot in New Zealand with the landscape there. Oh yeah, uh, the costume design, the casting was spot on. I mean, I can't think of anybody. I'd be like, oh, we should replace them with so and so. You know, yeah. they they had a lot of people that they was aiming for. They had like uh, it was Sean Connery. They wanted him to be Gandalf, and I forget who they wanted to be Aragorn, but like. Just good acting, good. At, and it's it's one of those like series that, yeah, it's good. But the acting and the actors they chose for the roles like are is perfect. Do, yeah. do you have a favorite out of the three, the original trilogy of those, the Lord of the Rings trilogy part? Do you have a favorite, or is it one of those, like I said, with Back to the Future, that you have to sit and watch the whole thing? I have to do that, but I'd say if I had to pick a favorite out of, um, well, out of 
the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I say um, Two Towers, because that yeah. that helms deep. I'd agree. I'd agree. That helms deep fight. It's, that, that helms deep fight is great. And if I had to pick from the other one, I'd have to say the third one, the extended. Keep this in mind. When I say I like these movies, I like the extended versions. I can't go back and watch theatrical. Like, it sucks. Yeah, I agree with that. It doesn't suck, but the no, extended just adds so much. It added points from the book. They had to cut out. And I understand that. You're not going to get everybody to go in and go three hours, pay for three hours for a movie. Not everybody's going to be down for that. Right. I, three hours plus sometimes. You know, you're you're looking at half a day if you're going to sit down and just watch the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. You know, you're looking at a good almost 12-hour stint. It, of just straight movie. It, it had like it had great music, had great atmosphere, had great characters, and great action set pieces. Like you see these wars, like um, I, I you guys seen Braveheart back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. And you know they had these big land wars, but like Lord of the Rings has like the fucking hugest like wars, like land wars that you ever see in a movie. Like yeah. it, it's pretty great, but. Uh, yeah, that whole saga, that's probably my, it's number three, right? Yeah, that would be my three. I know it's six movies, but it's a saga. <laughs> Fuck you. There's, there's one thing you gotta remember, though, Derek. What? There's only one return, and it's not of the king, <laughs> it's, it's of the, the Jedi. Je- I love that. <laughs> my brother does that to me all the time, because he hates Lord of the Rings. <laughs> camera, right? But yeah... That's that's what that's my third. Moving on. Good pick, Jr. Oh, it's me. Yeah, it's you. It's you. Did I did I happen to mention that I didn't really think this through? <laughs> and I've literally just been glancing over at my movie shelf trying to catch glimpses of movies to be like, oh yeah, that one. Yeah, let, let's preference this. We are put doing a top five here, but that is very hard for the three of us because the three of us have probably watched. <sighs> 1500 movies <laughs> you know something ridiculous just a what the fuck <laughs> get tony out of here we're gonna lose subscribers <laughs> that's that's tony that's yeah, tony that's tony that's you tony. didn't see that he put it in <laughs> no, this is new okay get that off the fucking screen <laughs> <laughs> Oops. okay <laughs> it's still there I'm, okay thank you you're welcome oh, that shit out of here you're welcome anyway eat it tony's <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pick something off the top of my head, unconventional. I'm not picking any Kevin Smith movies for obvious reasons. Obvious. We've devoted a whole thing to that. Yeah, and they're good, but I wouldn't put them in my top if you're gonna be cinematic. (laughs) I don't give a shit about being cinematic. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not over here picking Citizen Kane or some shit. (laughs) Rosebud. Rosebud. I've never seen that movie, even though everybody says it's the perfect movie. I've seen half of it. I'm just. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm gonna fucking say it. You ready? Are you ready? Preach. Are you ready? Preach. The room. Da da da. Really? I fucking love that movie. I love to hate that movie. (laughs) But it's in your top five. I could watch it all the time. I'm not can't question a man's top five. It's his top five. I could, I could really watch it 
all the time. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I'm not judging. Derek's taken aback. It's it's part of my sense of humor that I love just ridiculous humor. I did not. I did not hear her. And that movie that movie is so bad that it's that it's it's transcends bad to another level to where it's somehow genius and awesome. It's like the uh, Casablanca of shitty movies. Exactly, yeah. I mean, a lot of people will will say that title belongs to Troll 2, which have you if you've seen that. Oh my it's, god. It's it's up there. Uh, but the room is just, it's transcendent. Tommy Wiseau, I mean, just like the, the planets aligned for him when he did that, and he could, I don't think it could ever be done that way again. No. Even the, even the, uh, the, uh, James Franco movie was actually really good. It was pretty, it was pretty good. well spot on. The book's on. amazing. I need to read the book. Well, I already seen the movie. I don't need to read the book. The book is way different. Is it? Oh, yes. never mind. I'll, uh, I'll have to uh, audible it. Yeah. Audible it. Uh, auto bullet. Auto bullet. But uh, yeah, I'm just gonna say the room. Seth. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> it is really quotable. It is. There's so many quotes in that movie. See, it's just a great movie. It, hiding underneath the worst movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Seth really needs to watch this movie. Exactly. I'm dying. Like, I, I think we need to have that uh, day where he's all three of us are, you know, watching the movie, and I want him to experience the first time. We'll just get his reaction. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> all right. That that all from you, sir. I mean, do you want to add anything since you've seen the movie? Uh, I mean, aside from the, the what else can I really say? It, it's it's perfectly cheesy, and um, my favorite one of my favorite scenes is on the roof where they found out uh, is his name Lucas. Um, Denny? Denny, Denny. I'm sorry. It was like he gets attacked by that guy. And he was, like, super into that specific role. He's like, give me the money, yeah. Denny. Give me the fucking money. And you could have got yourself killed. What was you thinking? I love I love that one thing. It's just, like, the, the character, the guy who, the drug dealer guy, his name is Chris R. Chris R. And they were, like, while they were filming, like, why is his name Chris R? And Tommy's answer was, Chris R is gangster. <laughs> That's awesome. He's such a weird guy. I know. <laughs> oh man. I, I dude, I, I think I watched it like a couple times. Like YouTube has it, but it's like subtitled in Spanish. But I just oh, yeah. watched it and <laughs> it's just goofy. I've man. watched it like a hundred times. <laughs> I've watched it like a hundred times. I can't even. It, it, it's super quotable. Um, yeah, man. <sighs> All right, man. So, any more? Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. I mean, I really there's nothing else I can say. Watch the room. What? I, people should go into it as virgin as possible. It's gonna be the perfect way. 
All right, Seth, your turn. All right, my number three. People are probably going to be a little surprised that this is lower on the list than they may think, knowing me, but it will be the Star Wars saga of movies for my number three. Star Wars? And that, oh, yeah, Star Wars. If I had to pick, like if I had to pick one out of them, everybody knows what I'm going to say for the best one, which is Empire. Obviously. All day. Episode, obviously, episode one. <laughs> obviously. Solo. Was an Attack of the Clones? No, it was Revenge of the Shit. The all anal final <laughs> chapter. Yeah. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. That's pretty wizard. Ugh. Did you ever see the how it should have ended they did? He's like, I will bring it back. <laughs> and when he when he kills the Emperor and he's like looking at Luke, Vader is, and he's like, Yeah, I did that, didn't I? That was pretty wizard. Uh, and then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? I'm on my like fifth time watching uh, Last Jedi. I, yeah, I've watched it several times. I do not understand the hate. It's fucking awesome. I don't either. Oh, I've I seen got... articles come out now, people talking about uh, how uh, you know that now they've gone back and watched it since it's out now that they were that they were wrong to not like it. Yeah, it's. I've seen, or I've seen people jump on the hate bandwagon. Like, I went back and watched it, and it is bad. You know, I've seen that not, opposite too. It is not bad. It's not bad. Did I remember like when the first one came out, the uh, Force Awakens? There was this big trend on the internet, and I was like, haven't watched Star Wars hashtag, and all these people were just jumping on this bandwagon, like a bunch of hipsters mainly. And they did the same thing with the Last Jedi. I was like, guess what? This guy's doing. Not watching Star Wars. I was like, whoopty fucking do. That's good for you. I'm going to have to talk about I'll tell you my favorite scene in there is when Yoda shows up. Dude, that's... I had a feeling it was going to happen. And then they do the over the shoulder with Luke going to burn down the tree with the ancient Jedi texts in there. And there's the over shoulder. I was like, here it comes, here it comes. And you see that blue outline. He's like, yeah, it was so good. Something... And it was so, so Empire. It was crazy Empire Yoda again. Something... You know, he... Something really funny I just noticed the other day when I watched it again. Uh, mm-hmm. At the end, um, whenever they're on the Millennium Falcon, uh, Finn uh-huh. opens up his... It's either Finn or Ray opens up this uh, drawer that has all the uh, Jedi, old Jedi text in it. Yeah, you didn't get yeah. that Yoda yeah. saying there's nothing in there that the girl Ray already doesn't possess. That's what he was saying. He knew she had the books already. It's Yoda being funny. Yoda is always being the all-knowing Jedi Master. You know, they, the Yoda puppet from Last Jedi, you know they used the original Empire Strikes Back molds from the Jim Henson vault yes, yes. to make that. Yeah. Okay. And Frank's been doing them the whole time. <clears throat> he even did voice them on Rebels, which was great when they... See Yoda on Rebels, and it's Frank Oz. Oh my! Again. I just I just finished Rebels. I this, told you, like this I, past week. Oh is it my not great? God. Oh my God, dude! If you missed out, if you haven't seen anything, and you're like, "Oh, this is cartoon kitty," you know, Star Wars. No, it's not. It's no, an, it's so it, good. It's animated Star Wars. I even have had people say it's the best of Star Wars. You know, some people throw some lavish praise on it. If do yourself a favor. Even if you didn't watch the Clone Wars, either one of the animated series, the original Genedi Tartoski, 
you know, five minute animated or the, you know, long running show that we had like six or seven seasons of the CGI one, which was fantastic in and of its own right. Go do yourself a favor. If you're a Star Wars fan or just like the dabble in Star Wars, go watch Rebels. So when, you will won't it won't disappoint. I didn't I didn't like Clone Wars. I never finished it and that doesn't bother me that I didn't, but Rebels was so good. So good. So remember we went and seen it in theaters in that one part where she uses the uh, light speed, just cuts through everything. It got super quiet, and I was like, holy shit. And everybody... Yeah, I remember that. Everybody around us started laughing. <laughs> like, I seen I was like, holy <laughs> I see you got the wide Kyla. <laughs> the wide kite. Wide load, Ren. <laughs> wide load. <laughs> wide load, Ren. <laughs> But once again, uh, if you're listening to this, if you're having anything, I mean, I just don't know how you don't know Star Wars. I mean, it's it's the whole saga, love it or hate it, whichever movies, if you just want to stick even with just the original trilogy, it is the, probably the greatest sci-fi movies ever made. They, they will live on forever, you know, generations from now. We'll all be dead. And they'll still be talking about and tearing and down and dissecting Star Wars. Yeah, I can't. I the, the, the whole saga is my number two. So, <laughs> <laughs> so jumped your two. Yeah, you can talk about it then. So you can just go ahead and jump you your know, two. Yeah, there. Like my number two is probably tied between Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. So it's all it's all in there, you know. Which is probably good because we're about we're about out of time. Yeah. We're getting there. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much like. There's not much I can really say about Star Wars that has been said before. Like, I, it's good. Um, you can say what you want about the sequel, uh, the prequels. They some of, there's some redeeming stuff in those films. Uh, it's a little bit more boring, especially if, the action, the the music and the action. Mm-hmm. Though you know, you can say that, but I mean, Phantom Menace. There's not a Star Wars nerd that doesn't play Duel of the Fates. I mean, and there's nobody that says that fight scene with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Darth Maul isn't one of the best parts of all Star Wars, whether you hate the whole rest of the movie or not. That fight scene with John Williams' music, you know. Like, what it boiled down to is, like, bad casting. And the script could have used some more uh, finesse. But I mean, they're they're like they're okay to watch. I, I I can't. They're 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 canon and they're decent. But the new trilogy is fucking insanely good. I I I really like what they're doing with the new trilogy. I like that they're challenging conventions. Yeah, I mean, everybody just wanted, you know, Luke, Han, and Leia to jump in, and Chewie to jump in the Falcon and them take care of everything. You can't do that. Mm. They have to continue it on. You have to have new characters, and you have to change up the status quo. Right. I feel like, like, people, any more people just like to find things to complain about. The first, the last one, Force Awakens, they just said was a clone of, of A New Hope. Everybody That's was griping. It was too much of the same. And then they do a 180 and do totally the opposite, all new and fresh. And everybody's like, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, 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 wait a second here. Yeah. That's not what we wanted. Well, you wanted more of the same, even though you were just bitching about it two years ago when it happened. There's yeah. no yeah. winning or losing when it comes to. No, not, not nerd. Yeah. I just. <laughs> no, no. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying though. Like, uh, that's exactly the point I was gonna make. Is that you know, it's it's oh, this movie's too much like the old movies, 
and then the next movie comes like this movie's not enough like the old movies. Yeah. You. You know, it's just what such the a, fuck do you want? Yeah, exactly. It's such a big thing, and everybody's got their own preconceived notions from the, the the spans of time we had from the original trilogy to the prequel trilogy to this new, you know, uh, sequel trilogy we'll call it uh, that we're getting. You know, in between there, there were some good fan movies. If you've ever watched online, there were some good, you know, parody and or actual like legit fan flicks that you know people love Star Wars. So right, yeah. They have an ownership in it, and they have a way they think, and you're never going to please everybody. I think they're great, and apparently, you know, the uh, money <laughs> shows that people either like them or they love to hate them either way, so it is what it is. People love Star Wars. Whether you like the movie itself or not, they love the universe. There's plenty of it. There's, oh my gosh, if you'd, if you'd be in the world like I am, being a member of the Ohio Star Wars Collectors Club, look us up at oswalk.com quick plug but anywho i mean just people absolutely love these films if you'd see some of the collections i've been privy to and some of the um collecting you know i've I've been part of you know somebody dropping twenty five thousand dollars on one item you know i've been privy to that what was that like a fucking Rocket firing uh, fed. Rocket firing Boba Fett, yeah. Uh, I was part of the guy. A guy showed up at, uh, to our booth a couple of years ago uh, with original film cells, Boba Fett film cells, but like unused ones that have possibly an infinite <laughs> price on them. You know, and people, huh. it went up from him wanting like four grand from him. By the end of the show, there had been multiple people on the phone with like multiple investors offering up to fifty to $75,000 for the items this gentleman had. Mm. So, yes. yeah. It's... So it, it's a crazy world, but it's awesome. I love Star Wars. It's got some great messages in it. Uh, if you've ever looked at, there's, you know, what was that? Was it Time or National Geographic did a breakdown just a few years ago when we were getting ready to get the new trilogy started up. And all the references, biblical references and everything in it, uh, you know, multiple other, you know, not just the Bible, other religions and, you know, this and that. Just a huge universe that's been, that one gentleman started and it's been expanded upon. And like I said, it's going to last on way past the rest of us because generations to come are going to travel to a galaxy far, far away (laughs) and, uh, you know, relive those stories. So number three, uh, but, you know, that doesn't diminish just because it's not numero uno. It's hard to pick numero uno. It, it might as well be. My top three could all share that same slot of number one in my heart. So, yeah, Star Wars. So that was your number two? That was my number three. That was, your that number was Derek's three, number two. Number two. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add about it, Derek? No. That's about all I can really say about it. Like I said, there's not much he's... Uh, pretty much all he said is something I can completely agree with. So, all right. Well, do you want to move on to number ones then? Because my number two could be between Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Since we've already talked about them, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go ahead. You want me to jump or, mine too, since Derek's? You guys, mine too's different than your guys's, since yours has been like copies. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead. I won't. I'm not going to talk long at it. 86 Transformers animated movies, my number two. Uh, You know, we talked about it the first podcast. I talked in length of the love of that movie. 
That's number two and not number one? It's not number one. You know my number one because I've already said it in another podcast, too. Yeah, I know what your number one is. Yeah, so uh, it, it's hard for me to say that. I mean, but like I said, my top three, they all could be number one or two or three on the day. Right. Uh, it's hard for me to just put down because I've got people are going to go, what about this movie? What about that movie? Well, they're right there. Trust me. There's plenty of other movies I know the three of us absolutely adore and love and are fans of and can quote. It's just trying to make a list for the three of us to talk for two hours. You kind of got to just like pick and choose. So, right. Desert Island, if I needed five movies, you know, five top five, there's more than five movies, really. But yeah, 86 Transformers movie. Absolutely love it. I can nearly quote it word for word. Um, can't even tell you. I've seen it at least. Not exaggerating since, you know, I'm 35 years old. I've seen it at least. 200 times maybe more easily from being a kid because it was like the one tape i rented all the time well we never bought it when i was a kid my parents bought it 15 you know times over with the amount that i always rented that movie but uh for me being a transformers fan the change that it brought in it you know that movie's you know people may laugh at it but it's Everybody knows they killed Optimus Prime the first time in that movie, mm. and what yeah. that what that caused the outcry. Like I talked about before, the uh, the kid you know locking himself in a closet for two weeks. They couldn't get this kid yeah. to come out of a closet. He was so distraught. You know, kids quick, le- leaving. Go ahead. Real quick, we're at fifteen minutes. Gotcha. So yeah, just you know, kids kids left the theater then crying and screaming. Uh, so much so, as I said before, you know, they changed Duke dying in the G.I. Joe movie because like, oh, man, we screwed that oh, up. Yeah. And they even bring Prime back in the show. The the season that followed, the season ender was a two-part ender, and they brought Prime back. So, you know, he wasn't dead for long right. <laughs> because their toy sales went uh, because of that. Like, and, the, and the angry letters that Hasbro got. It's like, oh, no, we better not fucking do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, at that time, they I think at that time, they'd moved to Cincinnati. You know, Hasbro, Hasbro HQ was right next to Kenner. They were here for a while, and then they moved back to... They were originally in Rhode Island, where Hasbro's from, and then they moved uh, to Cincinnati. You know, so we had... You know, Kenner was home-based here in Cincinnati, so that's why we're kind of like the hotbed for, like, toy collecting, really. We're just close to it. Maybe not right here in our area, but you go, you know, west over towards Cincinnati. That's the hotbed. Yeah for toy collecting yeah. because of Kenner being located there and Hasbro was there for years until like early 2000 or something. They built their new HQ back in Rhode Island where they're located, you know, where they were originally located and they moved back there because I have a couple friends that's in the star Wars club with me who worked for Hasbro. They actually, you know, they had some designs. Uh, got a buddy that had a couple toy lines uh, in the early two thousands that he had designed on, uh, when he worked at Hasbro there, but you know when they picked up and moved, they didn't pick up and move. They just stayed in Cincinnati. So, uh, but I've met some some of the original toy designers, you know, because we get a lot of guys. Uh, my my one friend, his his dad actually worked for Kenner. Uh, his name's Kim Simmons, and he calls he knows he's known as the man who shot Luke Skywalker because he actually did most of the packaging for the original Star Wars toys. And uh, my buddy Scott, like some of the hands on the original Star Wars toys are his hands. Hmm. 
which is really cool. I could listen to Kim talk forever, but a you know, little bit off topic from Transformers and jumping in the toy world. But yeah, 86 Transformers movie um, is my number two. Absolutely love it. Watched it. Can just about quote it. If anybody wants to be bored by that, I'll do a, a, a lone stream one night. And I'll, just, I'll, just do it. I'll just put it on mute and do it word for word. Be interesting. Like you act out the whole fucking movie by yourself. I can do it. I can just about do it. It may be a word or two off, but it will still get the same meaning. <laughs> All right. So that was your number one. That was my number, number two. two. Okay. You guys can move on to number one, Derek. Uh, JR, have you went yet? I have not. You want to do yours? Uh, I think you are before me, aren't yeah. you? No, I thought... Wait. Uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, mine's, like, weird, okay? This is my number one. I can watch this movie just like some of the other movies in this list, but this is one of these movies I can have it on repeat. If I was stuck on a desert island, this movie would be the movie I'd want to take with me. You guys might laugh about this. You guys ready? Go for it. The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Really? That's huh. my favorite movie of all time. That's wild. Thank you so much for the follow, man. Yeah, like, uh, it, it's good. Adam Sandler. I'm an Adam Sandler fan. Like, so I understand some of his newer movies are shit, but, like, that movie is just awesome. Just, like, all the stuff they do. Like, one of my favorite scenes is when, uh, I think her name is Vanessa, comes up to the porch and uh, they're arguing about uh, how she didn't come show up to the wedding and that little kid walks up and says, Dad says you was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, I mean, all of it. The characters are good and the, that ending when, uh, who was it? Uh, ah, shit. What was, that? What, was the, what was that singer's name? Billy yeah, Idol. Billy Idol. <laughs> he takes... Get out of my way, Billy. Get out of my way, Billy. <laughs> You're going to get hurt, Billy. Nobody talks to Billy Idol that way. <laughs> like, the music's good. Uh, some of the original stuff he does. And they have Boy... Uh, I think it was Boy George in it, right? Like, literal Boy George. I think he's in it apart, yeah. Yeah, I think he does. It's been a while since I watched so, it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, always too. singing like, uh, yeah, Do you ever really want to hurt me? song whatever that is but no i love that movie like i like i said i can watch it every day and it's fun it's a good movie it's funny you picked that because a lot of people see that as the turning point in adam sandler's career when he was trying to do like a little more serious movies instead of you know the you know yeah there's a sandler type film there's a movie that he's in it's highly underrated it's called punch drunk love mm-hmm. and it's a good movie it's uh, made by the same guy that made There Will Be Blood. Um, and nothing really happens in it. It's just some dude. I don't know. I, I, I like it. Adam Sandler's hit or miss anymore, but that's probably one of his best movies he's ever been in. I mean, I know people going to say Happy Gilmore and fucking uh, Billy Madison or Waterboy, but like I said, I can watch The Wedding Singer non-stop on repeat every single day that's that's my number one who's next bjr me yeah man i think i've already said what my number one would be before 
haven't I? You s- mentioned it. It's between Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. No, that was the oh, two. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, I mean, before this stream, I said what my number one would be. You may have, but I am drawing the blank. Me too. My number one movie, my favorite movie, is Gojira. Gojira. Oh, yes, 1954. The original. The original. Yes. And I would not have said that until I saw the original. I never cared that much for... I mean, I've always liked Godzilla movies, but I never cared that much for the Raymond Burr... Yeah. ...movie. Give the people a little knowledge on it. We got time. I don't have Uh, to talk long about mine. Um, I mean, there's... They, the movie originally came out in 1954. Uh, they they wanted to bring it over to the United States for an American market, but the, the original plot of the movie is heavily Japanese. Mm-hmm. Anybody doesn't um, know, they're kind of... The, the movie is not just about, oh, big stupid monster. It's about the... No, like, not ho- at all. ...horrors mm. of nuclear testing, where it, you know during that time, everybody was... This is post... Us bombing the crap out of Japan, World War Two, yeah. yes. and the whole whole world seeing nuclear power for the first time and being absolutely terrified of it, and especially for the Japanese people who it happened to, they you know they had to survive it and deal with it on their uh, home turf, and this is kind of their movie version of the fears, the fears that they were feeling at that time in the form of a giant. Rubber monster. Yeah. The, they it, they gave basically they wanted to give nuclear weapons a physical form. Mm-hmm. Basically, the destruction, the way that they viewed the destruction of the nuclear bombs is that it was just so cold and and terrible that it was just like this this rampaging monster, no feeling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, we're not talking about like the, the later Godzilla who would be. A hero, or you know, the many changes of Godzilla. Yeah, the many changes of Godzilla. But uh, the movies, like if if you watch the original movie, it's actually really powerful. Um, you know, who would have ever thought that a kaiju movie would make it into the the Criterion Collection? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's there. I have the the Blu-ray, and it's the, fucking great. The king of the kaiju, mind you. He's yeah, the, he is the greatest. There are no greater than Godzilla. Godzilla. Um, I love that song. I have that album. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that song. That, that and um, uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. Uh, well, you don't like Burning for You? That's their best song. Man. <sighs> that, that guitar riff? I fell in love so with that good. song because of TNT Monster Vision. Because they play that on the... Dun, dun, and they have like the whole cut. Godzilla-thon. That was so I love good. it. I, I used to I used to love the TNT Godzilla. That's where I you know that's where I saw most of these movies. Same here, same here. I think the first one I actually ever saw was nineteen eighty five. Was it Godzilla eighty five or eighty four? I just went stupid. Eighty five. Eighty five. Yeah, I saw it on TV, and then that kind of like, what is this? And I had to start well, <laughs> finding more I think, of it. I think at some point we'll do an actual an actual full Godzilla podcast. We could. I think we, we have to. Derek will sit here and you and I will just wax poetic the whole time. Yeah, yeah probably. Probably. <laughs> probably just, I'll probably just jack off the whole time. But uh, 1954 Godzilla has a lot of really powerful moments where they, they, like, if you really think about Godzilla in that movie, he looks different than he had ever looked afterward. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you like he's got like these. Well, I guess the the closest they've gotten to it since has been Shin Godzilla. I would have to, th- yeah, because they paid so much homage to to the original film. I also think it's kind of a representation of the famous quote from the Japanese general who, when they were fighting us during the war, they said they'd you know awoken a sleeping dragon, and that's kind of yeah. their their representation of the nuclear <laughs> power and everything is but, Godzilla. Uh, but- there, there's like really powerful things in the movie. Like when the movie came out, the movie. Have you seen Gojira? Yeah, Derek? that's a long time ago, though. Okay, this the oh, the movie opens up with a, a Japanese fishing boat, and uh, it gets uh, basically it gets lost at sea because of Godzilla. He like fries it basically. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened like this movie came out and that had just happened like the year prior like an actual fishing boat had gone out too far and got in got in the way of an actual nuclear test mm-hmm. and uh uh what was those islands called bikini at all yeah, bikini at all <sighs> yeah um so uh, an actual fishing boat had gone out there and gotten involved in that and uh you know disappeared but that's that's the way the movie opened. So that was still fresh in the Japanese minds. Not to mention, you know, uh, what ten years oh, prior, nine, not even ten, nine, yeah. yeah, nine years prior, the, the actual nuclear bombs had fallen. Right. <laughs> but um, there's a scene that that gets me every time. Uh, Godzilla's rampaging through Tokyo, and there's this uh, mother and her children. Uh, they're just kind of huddled in this little stairwell outside and they're just like she's holding the kids close to her and they're crying and she says don't worry we'll be with your father soon oh dude mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of rough that's a godzilla movie yeah. godzilla you know what i'm saying unstoppable just like they did with shin gojira is you know yeah. no matter what they threw at him they weren't stopping him just Oh yeah, we need we need to do a Godzilla podcast. That could be one because I I love the big G, the big G, the big G as he's referred to. Yeah, there's many yeah. incarnations of him over the years, and and uh, from being the good guy, protector, Earth's protector, to being the most evil thing on the planet. Well, it's not even that he's evil. It's just he's like it's just emotionless, emotionless destruction. Yeah. And I think that's what they were really going for. If you look at like the original Godzilla design, he had like these cold, dead, staring eyes. Looks like we got about twenty seconds left. Twenty seconds. That, we'll finish up mine real quick. Man. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters number one. I've I've talked at length of it before. Uh, you know, since we don't have time to go into the happy mess, if you want to look it up, look it up on Wikipedia. Look it up multiple articles of the how it was a perfect storm, and how the movie couldn't be recreated. You know, even with the negative effect that they kind of tried to recreate it in the second one, whether you love or hate the second right. one. Right. Happy Storm, great movie, quotable. Just about every line in it's quotable fantastic made the careers of multiple actors if you even if they're fantastic actors and have done other things if you think yeah. of that actor Aykroyd especially Ramis uh, and especially uh, Ernie Hudson and uh, Bill Murray if you think of those guys I guarantee if you think of any of their names one of the first thoughts that's going to come up besides their other movies is Ghostbusters right off the top huge amounts of fans 
if you go to any convention, you're going to see guys who spent $2,000 out of their own pockets recreating proton packs and other equipment wearing full garb and ready to go. Some guys even having their cars buying certain newer models of like station wagons to turn them into the, you know, Ecto-1. Fantastic movie. It's my number one Ghostbusters. Sweet. All right, guys. Anything else before we shut right. it down? I can't think of anything else to say. All right. Well, we'll meet again Monday. Good evening.